Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode five of the Carlton Rap podcast. Today, I'm joined by Helena Petru. Welcome, Helena. Tell me a bit about yourself. Obviously, you are part of the younger Carlton generation community. Just tell me a bit about yourself, what you want to do for the future and sort of why you've integrated yourself within, you know, Blue Abroad community so far. Firstly, thanks for having me, Nathan. So, yeah, um, I'm Helena and I'm 16. Um, bit of a Carlton fanatic. Um, I first kind of reached out to Blue Abroad probably late 2020, early, early 2019. Oh, sorry towards the end of 2020. And I started writing about the AFLW. Um, just the website was fairly new at the time and Terry kept asking for hearing every video, um, sort of asking to reach out if anybody wanted to work with him. So I thought it might be a good opportunity here. Um, and yeah, started writing about the AFLW and this season that turned into the AFL as well. So I have good fun with that. So my Look to pursue something similar post school. Um, but I also really enjoy the sports science, high performance sort of um, part of sports as well. So either career in either of those would be ideal for me. In terms of if I had to give a favourite Carlton moment so far, what would it be? Um, I was I was a massive soccer fan when I was younger. So by the time I got to year seven, year eight, that's where the Carlton passion really started ramping up and prior to that we didn't have many good moments either um but one of my favorite things i remember 2019 there was a game against st st kilda at the end of the year um it was we were like 16th on the ladder it was the last round of the year but um massive crowd creepers 100th game and the atmosphere was like one of the best things i've ever experienced so i really enjoyed that um apart from that music goal you can't really go past that. In my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, that game c- comes up a lot. And there was one game I didn't go to, unfortunately. So you I, didn't go? No, it was, it was a good one. Uh, it was and then, one I couldn't go to, yeah. It was the last one I went to before lockdown as well. So at least that ended on a good note in that sense. Yeah, no, that is true. Um, so obviously today we are previewing the AFLW season. Uh, the season gets kicks off on Sunday at Icon Park against Collingwood. Obviously, last season we did go into this into the first game thinking we would probably win a premiership, <laughs> go ten weeks forward. But unfortunately, that didn't work out. They no. started pretty poorly, and unfortunately, in a short season for the women's competition, it didn't work out. I, guess, I don't remember exactly, but they would they weren't had a good win-loss ratio halfway through and they couldn't catch up. I think the pressure built on them. I mean, what what did you take from that season? What what do you remember? Obviously, it was so long ago now and I don't even remember a lot of it. It's, yeah, it's been fun. a while. Like, it's so long ago. And, I, and they they started it in 20... Oh, no, it was 2020. But, yeah, what are your memories from it, that sort of, yeah. you know, perspective? I remember heading into the into the first round of the season, Collingwood, Premiership favourites, thought it was going to be a great season, but unfortunately it took the girls a couple of games to get rolling. Um, and unfortunately the nature of the season is so short that you don't really, you can't really afford that. So I think we got started off the wrong foot and took too long to get going. Um, dropped some games that we probably shouldn't have and then left ourselves with a lot of work to do in the last couple of rounds, which 
eventually I remember watching Gambia against Fremantle in the last round of the year. And it was like a couple points lost. And if we won, we would have made it into the finals. So, yeah, that was hard to watch. But yeah. we've got such a new look team now. So anything can happen. Well, yeah, I, that, that can be a good or bad thing with such a new, younger team, I guess. We've lost a bit of experience, but I also think in terms of building up a foundation, I don't think a lot of teams have that that sort of thing that we do. I guess you can say the, the newer expansion teams in St Kilda, Richmond, Gold Coast may have a bit of that, but we also have experienced players that they don't, whereas they're all younger lists. So quickly run through this season's fixture. Um, five home, five away for all teams. Our first game is against Collingwood on Sunday, as I said, at Princess Park. It's getting redeveloped at the moment, obviously. So it's, yeah. I assume if you want tickets, I would get them as soon as you can, only because there are really two stands that they're using. So to get tickets for that, if you're interested as soon as possible. Round two, they head to Brisbane to play at Door the week after the annual Pride game against the Bulldogs at Witten Oval. Round four, North Melbourne at home and round five, Adelaide at home. I think that is probably the hardest start you can have, especially for that team. It's a tough it's a tough start to the yeah. season for sure. But pretty sure four out of five of those teams played finals last year. Yeah. And some of them went pretty far. So it's definitely not an easy start, which isn't... I mean... I'm, well, I mean, I know you. Every everyone says you know one game at a time, and we're going to look past that just for now. I I think personally, I I think it's hard to say. There has not been a lot of talk about this team in the media. Even the yeah. Carlton socials haven't really hyped them up a lot. I think I think they've kept it very quiet, which I don't mind. I don't think yeah, you great. need to be very you know active around how they're going as long as you show you've done you know. You've done the work on the field. Yeah. I think after this, I think Collingwood's a must win if you actually are looking to, you know, go somewhere in the season. I think they're around the sort of same quality as us. And yeah. From memory. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they didn't. I was just going to Well, I was just going to say that Yeah. from what I remember <laughs> with them, and, and like I said, so long ago now, I, and I remember watching a couple of the other games they have good midfielders that control their game. That was it. And even that round one game, that is all they did. Though I like Chloe Malloy, Chioki. Yeah. Those two um, run that midfield. And yeah, that's where they dominated well. us. So yeah, I, I reckon if you can shut them down, oh, yes, you've got a good chance. Yeah, I agree. But. I remember the game last year when we played them, the midfield just running absolute rings around us. So once you shut down those few key players, it opens up a few chances for us to start making a few moves. Um, now with Pasparkas and even Abby Mackay getting a bit older, a bit more experienced, they might be able to cope with that a bit better this season. But they're, they're a solid side, Collingwood hurts to admit, but yeah. they're pretty good. So, I, I mean, obviously, like I said, I think you, if you win that, they've got, Quite a bit of hope for the rest of the season. Yeah. Otherwise, this the, the ideal way to kick off. This first five rounds could go very well or very <laughs> disastrous. I don't see this being in the middle sort of thing because yeah. the problem with having 
three finalists within the first three rounds is that you lose one of them, your confidence goes down and down and down and down. As It's pretty similar with the men's team, honestly, that <laughs> it is quite hard to build that confidence after a couple of losses. After five rounds, if I had to give an honest prediction, <laughs> it's, it's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard, especially when you don't know much. So I'm, I'm going to either say one and four or three and two. It's either going to go well or yeah, really well. Way. So I think that one win would be North Melbourne. Yeah, I could even see us beating the Bulldogs. Um, I remember being at that yeah. game last year. They're around the same mark as us, but that game has absolutely dominated us. So I think this year if we can maybe – that was one of the games that we dropped that we really had to win. So if we can yeah. beat them this year, that would be a good – Good way to get us back on track, say the first two games don't go the way we want to. And then the Kangaroos, yeah. it's a winnable game, it's tough, but it's winnable. Uh, then when we move on to the back five games, uh, we play Freo in round six. I mean, I don't know if this will be in Perth at this stage, but it, it says it will, it will mm-hmm. be in Perth. It could be anywhere. Uh, St Kilda yeah. at Princes Park, the Giants uh, in Canberra. I don't think we've ever played in Canberra before, or the women's team at least. And then Gold Coast at home, and then Melbourne in Casey. That will obviously be against Taylor Harris. So yeah. Want to win that it? game. Yeah, but I think absolutely. that back half of the season is definitely much more winnable against a lot of the most more unexperienced teams. I think the Freo game would have hurt them from last season. They'll probably want to win that this time. I'd be, I'd be more optimistic about this half of the season compared to the front half, and I would like to say if they really want to win, you go 4-1 and one in this point. You beat most of these teams. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely achievable, the 4-1. and one. You, You'd either be dropping that game against Freya or Melbourne, in my eyes, but ideally neither. Um, yeah, it's definitely a much more winnable game, and these... Beating same GWS and the Suns last year, so hopefully we can keep that up. And it would be nice to say we are building a position to get to the finals. We can win those three, four games in a row towards the back end of the season. That would be wonders for confidence and yeah. tell the team. Well, I mean, overall, if you had to give a quick win-loss ratio out of those 10 games, what would you give? It's so hard because you don't really know much better team and what's going to happen, but I think six or seven wins would get you into finals for sure. Yeah. But I don't know if, if we're a finals team, where we're at. Um, yeah. I'd say you want at least five, six. I think that's definitely achievable with the second half of the fixture that we've got. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's, yeah, I, I would, I think it's more about how many they need to win rather than how many I think they would win. And like you said, yeah, six or sevens are definite. I do think five would get you in on percentage somehow. Yeah, you could get away with it. But I don't really, you know, I think if they're serious, they'll, they'll do as well as they can. I think, I look at these home games and I think all the home games they can win. It's when they yeah, travel, they're... I think they'll have some difficulty. Brisbane and Frio away, like those are two very difficult ones. So, like, yeah. the, you know, that's sort of where I think if you win your home games, that's it gives you a good chance. Yeah, I'm just, I, how many, I mean, 
I'm not even sure how many teams can make finals because there's 14 teams. So it's a bit different. Six. Six. Yeah, it's a bit odd how it works. And I was looking at yeah. the final structure the other day. It's just it's quite odd how it works. But, um, yeah, it's going to be such a, an interrupted season. You can already tell COVID-wise. Yeah. So that could mean playing more games at home um, in front of a home crowd, which is always good. Yeah home ground yeah. they're training so it's so familiar to them so that could i agree if you win the home games that's a, it's a good start well yeah, like i said with freo that could end up being here not i assume yeah. it will be a neutral venue but i do know that the eagles and the dockers are playing at uh winning at foot in footscray for their home games in a couple rounds so yeah i saw that the update. it's just crazy it's, how it's all gonna work yeah. out and that could either work in our favour, like the COVID disruption, disruptions, yeah. or against us, depending on what happens. It's it's so hard to say. I mean, we could be sitting there in, in ten weeks' time, and then none of that happens. Yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, a bit sure. more. I, I mean, this is sort of fixture related. They obviously played only one practice match a couple weeks back. I think it was the second last week of December. Uh, they played St Kilda and they won by eighteen points, forty six to twenty eight. Only got the goal highlights, unfortunately, but very comprehensive win from the sounds of it. But you should be beating a younger team like St Kilda. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I think they. Oh, well, sorry, I keep cutting you off. What no, you no, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, I was just gonna say, um, I think I would have rather liked them to play a more experienced team in a practice match. I have to say, I think you can't yeah. take a lot out of that. I think. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. With a team that you meant to beat, I think it's not the best. And that's even like with the men's, I like they're playing Melbourne because... Yeah, it's great. Because it really shows you where you're at. Yeah. Whereas I think... I mean, I know there was limited team. I'm probably sure that was selected ages ago. But we move and at least it's a win. It gives them confidence nonetheless. So yeah. you can at least take something into our mind. Playing such a, a young, inexperienced team like St Kilda is a bit of a confidence boost if you get the win, but in the back of your head, you do know there are teams out there that won't get let you get away with a lot of things that they would. So it's always good to play a couple of practice games, though, so that would be good for the team to gel. There's a lot of new faces in there this year. I think we're going to go over soon, so that's good for them to get to work together a bit more. I think it's good just for the team to gel rather than expectation at this point because it's such a new look side. Yeah, no, definitely. Now onto the list changes. So obviously a lot happened in the off season. It was probably the, I'd like to say the most harsh off season in terms of movement. Haven't really had something like this previously, but I don't think it's something that has affected them a lot from the sounds of it, that they have looked to bounce back from it as soon as possible. We'll quickly just go over the outs first. So Jess Edwards, Katie Loins, Alison Downey, Winnie Lane, Taylor Harris and Chloe Dalton. Obviously the bigger names in there, Taylor Harris, Chloe Dalton, Katie Loins, Alison Downey. I would like, that would probably be the biggest names for me in terms of key position. What do you make of it? Yeah, like you said, it was a bit of a, uh, what did you say, brutal? What was the word? Um, oh, harsh. harsh. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a harsh. I think most of those were delisting, so um, it's 
had a lot of experience out of our side. They're all mature players. A lot of them haven't missed heaps of games since the competition even started. So it's a bit of experience that has gone out there, um, especially from Katie Loins, Taylor Harris, especially Jess Edwards. And we've got two two rucks in that in that mix. So that's left us a bit yeah. shorter. The ruck stocks are a bit lower now, especially with Taylor going out. That's also a bit of a tall forward position. Even though she didn't have the most impactful year last year, she still takes up one of the best defenders each week. So it'll be interesting to see um, how we replace her. I'm Taylor, I'm not too fussed about. I think yeah, I, I thought that she definitely declined in performance and let her words eat up her performance in the end. I thought it was very, very lacklustre the way she like performed each week. I just thought in terms of someone who's meant to have such a high footballing status in the way she plays, and she's a good player. That's not, I don't think you can't take that away from her. She's a good player, but I don't think she worked in our team. I don't. She tried to make it too much about herself when you went into the forward line, always aiming for her, and she wouldn't take those marks, which is what you needed her to do. And it left a pretty hard task for the small forwards to, you know, navigate around her. And I sort of saw when Darcy when Darcy has the ball, that team works a lot better. That's what I seem yeah. to think that they they can spread out a lot more when she has it because she can do anything with it. I think she's much more versatile whereas Taylor just goes up. Which she does have that strength of having the height which like like yeah. She has the height Mm. which not a lot of the girls have a lot of height in like the competition. So she had that advantage, but I think it could work in our favour having a smaller forward line I think now you have so many more options and it's not as predictable and that's what I hate with footy even with Harry sometimes they go to Harry but that's what they're expecting yeah, and it creates and you know it's hard it's just a, yeah it gets so like you said predictable and it becomes the same story every time you're going to the forward line which yeah, like you said becomes predictable for defenders but yeah I agree with you Taylor last year she was I was a bit disappointed in how the season went did a lot of talking, unfortunately, actions didn't really follow those words that she put out. Um, I think she only kicked something like four goals for the whole season. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if she'll, I don't want to regret saying this, but I don't know if she'll be missed heaps in the forward line. It does open opportunities for a few of the younger small forwards that we've got. Especially, yep. yeah, now we've got Darcy and um, Nick Stevens to sort of mentor them, so. I think it does give us a bit of unpredictable, I don't think this is a word, but it makes us more unpredictable. So yeah. it should be, it's interesting to see how it will work. Uh, I mean, now we go to the ends of our side. So our, sort of, we only had one that came in that wasn't from the draft, which is Chestel Poss. I'm pretty sure she came from the Giants. She's a midfielder. Yeah. I like that inclusion because obviously you bring in a lot of youth and it's good to bring in an experienced midfielder. Obviously, she did. She's been there since the start of the Giants, I think, which yeah. was right back season one with the rest of the club. So I do like that. I, I'm, you know, obviously we have not seen anything of these players physically in terms of yeah. in this team. With so it's Jess, very hard. 
Yeah, I think she's played every game for the Giants since they entered the competition. So it's good to get some of that experience back, especially in another position. Um, and I've actually had the opportunity to be coached by Jess a few times. Oh, um, really? She played, That's pretty good. Yeah, so we haven't gotten too much from like the media about what she's about, what she's like, but she played during the footy at the club where I'm currently at. So she's come down a few times, taken a handful of training sessions, run a few clinics. Um, and this was prior to before she got traded to Carlson. And then, yeah, that's pretty happy when she did. Um, she's a really skillful player and she's got a great footy brain. Like she picks up on so many little things I would have never thought to even think about. So I'm really excited for her to take some of the younger midfielders that we've got, because we've got a few of them, teach them some things. Um, I think she's got a good, she's good leadership skills. She's like, she kind of, command sort of respect because she's such an experienced player so i'm really excited to see her out in the Carlton jump yeah i mean that's that's pretty cool you know it's not every day you yeah. get you know get coached i've seen a, i've seen a couple of players do that i've i remember if you know remember ted richards he played for sydney he was in the, one of their grand final teams he coached a team around my league mm. uh but yeah some of those players do go around which would be a pretty cool experience i'd assume, I'd assume to have that AFL level experience at a younger level. So there this you go. Is great for us. Because you can tell yes, at least she has that leadership experience teaching the younger, you know, younger generation, which that is that's big in a team that's lost a lot of um, leadership around. Yeah, it could almost be like a second coach out on the field, sort of. In my eyes, she's she's really clever. Really smart. Yeah. Uh, well, into our draft, we picked up four players in the draft. Annie Lee, Brooke Vickers, Keely Shearer, Shearer and Imogen Milford. We literally cannot talk a lot about these players. We do not know yeah. enough about them and we have not seen enough about them. I think as well, and this is sort of a problem I see, that the NAB League with the girls isn't as highly publicised and talked about as much as the boys is um so that's there isn't a lot to take from what we get unfortunately uh, so it's and i think we saw it with mimi hill as well last year and uh, i think charlotte i'm trying to remember last night charlotte wilson those two they were pretty they were they were pretty good so yeah they were very good and we drafted them so I think at least we can make a prediction that we're making the right choices. Yeah, I think we've we've done pretty well in the draft lately. I think we've been picking up good players. I don't know too much about Brooke Keeley and Imogen, but have looked at, at Annie Lee, yeah. how she's going yeah. a little bit in the preseason. Um, she was a Carson supporter growing up, so it's good that she's got that connection. So you know she'll she'll really wear the jump with pride. Um, yeah. she was top ten pick, I'm pretty sure. So, so yeah. um, Geelong Falcons, so they tend to do pretty well from down that end. Um, and I've heard she's got a really good kick on her, so it'd be good to add her into that midfield mix. Well, yeah, um, as you said, she was pick 10, so she was right at the end of the first round. I think, I don't know, where there's 20 picks in the first round, but 170 centimetres, so really, it is very small, very small team. Which yeah, I've got, got a short team this year. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I hope, hopefully she does fit in very well. Like you said, if you're a Carlton supporter at heart, I think that helps so much. 
usually I have a thing yeah. against, not that you can help it, but play, it's like players who have grown up supporting other teams, I have never been able to understand how they have that same amount of intensity. And, yeah, I always think yeah. about that. I'm like, if I grew up a Carlton supporter and I got drafted to Collingwood, how would yeah. you have that same connection? It doesn't just, you can't just cut it off in a day once you rock up to the club. So I think it's good that they've already got that connection because they already know what it means. Yeah, well, I mean, Terry did say to me that he's in, well, that he'd heard people that's the the, the club that, or the, you know, the employer that gives you that opportunity, you fall in love with that, which yeah, I, that true. made me feel a bit more. Yeah, now that you said that, it. it makes more sense. But yeah. You'd just be so happy to be at a club. Yeah. So grateful anyway, so that's the point. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Positives, obviously, we're just we're gaining a foundation. It's there's, there's not much more to it. I really do want to see a game. I um like yeah, really just haven't seen a lot. Yeah, because it's so unknown at the moment. It's very hard to really make out if they're developing or they're not. Um, I you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this year doesn't go amazingly. Just purely based off there is a lot of youth. But I could also just see it being a really just fun season. I think that's what they lacked last year. They weren't playing for each other. They were just playing for themselves because they had this expectation of, oh, yeah, we need to make finals. We're meant to win it. I think that's what let them down. Whereas this year, they can build an actual team connection, which... That can help, uh, especially going into games where it's close at the end and all these sort of factors that come into it. But, I mean, what, what are your positives and negative takeaways from these ins and outs? Yeah, like you said, it was a bit of a, an interesting year last year in the way the team sort of played for each other. At moments where it got tough, it kind of seemed like, what's the plan here? What are we doing? So, hopefully, I think a positive is now that we've brought so many new faces in, you can kind of um, reshuffle the team and re-get that, that team energy going, um, which would be good. Hopefully it forms some new bonds and it kind of just gives an opportunity to, to, to gel with the team and really become more of a wholesome team rather than just individuals. And then I guess the negatives out of all that is you're losing a lot of experience, you're losing your co-captain, um, your marquee player, so, but there's always, that always gives a chance for someone else to step up for these youngsters to really compete for a spot. And every year, the talent that's coming in just gets better and better. So, it could work in our favour having these young players. Well, like, you know, like I touched on, the one thing I do like about the younger generation is when they did start the NAB League for the girls, that has, like, provided a much better... Uh, development program for the girls going up. I think the problem at the start was that there was nothing there for them except the VFLW and it created a bit of challenges because some of those girls weren't ready to be just put straight into that like physical environment with like much higher level players that have had more experience whereas these girls now are, they're at least battling for draft positions and they actually need to prove themselves to get a spot, yeah. which I like that. And, you know, they, they like NAB League has really high qualified professionals that are coaching them and developing them. So when they're at least brought into the AFL 
AFLW stage, they're not surprised by the level ex- of expectation and that sort of maturity you need to at least play senior football compared to the past. So I like that as a progression over the last few years. And I think that's why you saw even last year with Mimi Hill, uh, Charlotte Wilson, these girls had really good breakout years because they were integrated really well into our system without any complications where you might have seen in the past couple of years, it's taken a longer time for those girls to integrate within the club, the system, the gameplay, everything like that. Yeah, the pathway has definitely become a lot more well-rounded in the last few years. It's gone from the first generation of AFLW players who barely grew up playing the game because there was no, no league for them. So now these girls that have been playing since, since Auskick. So instantly the, the quality of the players is going to get better. Um, yeah, the MAP League pathways um, provided a really good chance for these girls to get into that semi-professional sort of um, environment. So they're kind of prepared for the FLW more than if you were to just come up from the VFL or, or not, not not even the VFL at all. There are some players joining FLW at the start who have never really played. So, yeah, it's definitely going to get better in that sense. Well, I, even from a point of they start young, younger now, whereas they're starting at under 16s from that league and they've got sort of a couple of years and even some of them, if they're good enough, they'll get called up to VFLW to fill in and it's much stronger than it once was and that's why now the draft is much stronger and you can actually build your teams. So hopefully the competition grows from that. I still think there's the problem where the foundation teams still have a much higher edge over the non-foundation teams. I just want it to be a bit more competitive, and I think at least now the programs are giving it a chance. That's that's yeah. sort of how I see it at this point. Yeah, there's definitely a bit of a gap between the new teams and the foundation teams like us, but I think over the next few years that gap will start to bridge, but then we've also got a whole new bunch yeah. of teams that will be joining yeah. the league, so... It will take a while. It's still in its really early days, just a sixth year. So, but it will get better. Like the, yeah. the girls coming in, like that I see playing, like it's it's going to get so much better. Like. Yeah. Well, on, on to the full list preview. We're going to go through number and by number. Won't spend too long on each player. Just yep. give a sort of a brief overview, sort of their development there where they are if they make the, you know, they make the final cut so far in terms of your main 16. So firstly, we start with Grace Egan, uh, a pretty good outside midfielder who has been one of my favourites to watch over the last couple of years. Obviously, she debuted, I think she was... I think the year before last year. Yeah, 2020 sounds familiar. I think so. She hasn't been around too long, but... She's been quite impressive the way she goes about her game. She can tag very well, but also she has an ability to tackle, which I like. She's yeah, a very she's pretty tough. player. I think we may have picked her up in the, in the rookie draft. I yeah. think she's a bit older than just like 18 when you get drafted. I think she was a bit around 20 when we got her into the club. And I really enjoy watching her play. She's really great in traffic, um, great with her hands. And like you said, can tackle. So she's definitely in my best 16. Well, in terms of statistics, 16 disposals average and eight kicks and handballs averages and around five tackles a game, which is pretty big. I mean, yeah, that's quite high. It's pretty good. Like it's what your standard 
what one of your better midfielders would be getting in yeah. this league, and five tackles is good in any league. So, well, yeah, I, I love. I like her role in terms of being able to tag well and place a lot of pressure on the opposition's ball movement. I think she's a good runner that can intercept a lot of transitional movement through the middle, which is what we got caught out on a lot last year where we'd kick it in to someone like Taylor, the ball would go to ground and it would go straight through the middle. And I remember that North Melbourne game very well. That's all that happened. It was the same thing over and over. Yeah. So she's someone who will help just cut cut across, intercept, and a couple others, which obviously we'll get to as we go through. Next, just um, a pos. We've obviously yeah. touched on her quite a yeah, lot. We touched on her a bit earlier. She's a bit of a shorter frame as well. She's like my height, and I'm, I'm not very tall. So I think we could see her on the wing half forward. But yeah. really good kick. Yeah, one sixty. That is. That is, yeah, that is so small. <laughs> so small. Uh, she's played 37 games, so that is quite a lot. That is, I'm not sure if yeah, anyone in the AFLW has cracked 50 yet. I so. think, I was reading something the other day, I think if Darcy can play every game this season, then they'll become the first player to reach 50. 50 or, yeah. or our first player, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, it sounds... Yeah, it sounds about right. I think she only kicked five goals over career, which is interesting yeah. for a midfielder as well. I thought so. Obviously, they, like you said, they could change her up a little bit, put her half forward. But I think, I think you can do a lot with Jess. I think you can move her into the middle as well. Someone that is like going to create issues in the yeah, center, in the the center bounces. Just sort of when someone to go under. I think actually being smaller in height helps with that because you're going to you're going to be able to get your head to the footy first so yeah I, yeah what yeah, are your sort of expectations for her to you know in terms of her impact on the on the whole team each game etc i think she i think she'd be likely to start the year in the team um expectations are to i don't really know i think to just um Give yourself to the team, really. You can't put too much expectations on players. I haven't really watched many of the games, to be honest. But I think mentoring some of the younger players, I think she's definitely capable of that. A few younger yeah. midfielders, so kind of showing them the ropes while also getting her job done. I think that would be a really good thing for her to achieve in 2022. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, on to number three, uh, probably the club, club cult figure, Darcy Bessio. Yeah. And there's not much to say about Darcy, honestly, because she does play her role each week. She's it's she's consistent as well, which that's all you need. We expect yeah, her what we expect every season to kick goals and, you know, be nifty around the ball, which she always is, and she'll get around. But I think somewhat this year I expect less in a good way that I'd rather her. Really? I, I think my worry is she'll become the Taylor Harris where they try and find her every time. I but, think I know what you mean, yeah. You don't want too much um, yeah. the, the sense of everything. I'm just hoping that the ball is shared around very evenly and that there are always options because at least when she gets the ball, you know she'll do something good. Yeah. I'm just hoping that there's not too much dependency on her to kick the goals 
which you don't, you, which shouldn't be the problem. You got, you know, Char, you know, you got Mimi Hill. I think she'll be coming back. I don't know That's how right. long she's got. Oh. You got Nick Stevens. These these girls that just can move around. It's a board line. Yeah, she's not the one that has to do it all in that sense. There's definitely other yeah. capable players. She's kind of just a star in the centre uh, of the forward line. Um, yeah, the role to me is much the same, just keep kicking goals and start setting up some chances for these younger players that in a few years' time will start taking over. Well, even as well, I think I've noticed with her game that was good. She was good uh, in terms of def defensively stopping that transition, keeping like that's, you know, they're saying that your best offence is defence is that, that's like her. She like personifies that sort of saying because she'd always be aggressive on the ball even when the opposition had it. And I think if she has that sort of role, she'll have the same impact that she has as she has had previously without always having to kick goals. So those one percenters that always aren't always on the stat sheet. I think she's really yeah, good for that. Important. I remember I think it was a Fremantle game last year where it was like down to the wire to make finals the last couple of minutes and she was getting back in defence, taking these intercept marks. So she knows what it takes um, from a defensive perspective as well, which is good. Um, she's also from the same club as me. So she's come down a few times and, yeah, she's really passionate about her footy and she knows so many tricks and things like that. So, yeah, I'm keen to see what the season brings. Yeah, I mean... It's pretty cool from your perspective to have that sort of experience. Yeah. I mean, even as well watching the games, you at least know a bit about these players and who they are, all these things, sort of things. On to number four, the best and fairest winner from now two years ago, I think, 2020, Maddie Press Parkers. It's sort of the same with Darcy. I mean, you can't ask for much more. You can't put to the expectations are set by every single person and they're exactly the same. She'll be our main ball getter, you'd have to assume. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to actually say what I expect from her this year because with such a younger squad, her her actual role may be different. Whether it's the same of just winning that ball in the centre bounces around the clearances, the stoppages. It's very hard to say what is expected from her but I think if you have such a strong midfield where we have developed a couple more players to win the ball she's someone you can push up forward and yeah. have another threat. I like that idea so even though she's still fairly young that's probably her third fourth year in the system she's one of our older players now so she will be running that midfield our contested player clearances, but she's so she's so good with the ball that you could put her up forward should these younger mids start showing that they're capable um, without like the guidance of her there, especially with the experience of Loins in the midfield now gone. Maddie might have to take over a bit of that role. And I can, but she's definitely capable. Something else I see with her is um, learning to cope more with the tag. She got tagged a few times last year and she dropped off just a little bit there. But... Um, yeah, I'm sure she's been working hard at that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that tag was a bit of a problem at times. I thought not a lot of the other, and like not many of the others stepped up, which was the problem, which yeah, that's, you know, that, that takes training. And I think 
they would have analysed these sort of things. And especially in such a poor season, you have a lot more time to look at things and actually look where each thing, where everything went wrong. So, um, yeah, there isn't much to say with these type of players because we know a lot about them. We, we expect a lot from them and it's, it's whether they perform or not really. We can't place too many expectations on them because they might play a completely different role. Yes, depending on what that role is. On to number five, Abby McKay. I like Abby, the way she goes about her game. Very smart footballer, I think. I think that she's positionally probably one of the smartest players that can get into good positions transitionally when we're going up the field. She'll always be that next kick forward, I feel like, when you're going out of the defensive lines. But, yeah, I, otherwise I think I'd like her to probably become more of a forward threat. I think she didn't provide enough of a forward threat sort of last year. I think we yeah, lacked. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. I think, yes, like you said, she's really good positionally. She's always in the right spot at the right time. Um, and prior to last year, I think she'd only played like a handful of games and last year she earned a Rising Star nomination. So... For me, she was probably one of our most improved. Um, really physical player, so having that aggression in the forward line spilled, helps spill the ball and the players like Georgia G, Nick Stevens, they, they can get onto the end of that. I'm really excited for um for the season for Abby to see her play. Yeah, I mean, I, not much. That, that's We sort of summarise <laughs> it quickly. Yeah, uh, number six, <laughs> number six, Gab Pound. I... She she could do a lot, I think, and uh, she does play her role very well. In terms of role plays, Gab does, yes, that, does player. that very well. I mean, you've got someone on the half-back line that will look to run the ball out, but is also good in terms of lock, locking down the smaller defenders, which are like... I, think she, I reckon you can do a lot with her and move her around because she will do what you tell her to in terms of where you need it to be. Even someone around the centre centre stoppages where you get it out and you've got someone to give it off yeah, to. Yeah, sweep sweep. She's someone that will sort of sweep up and provide a, 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 a kicking option. Just, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, it's, it's very simple. Yeah. yeah, she's one of our most reliable players. Um, to me, I can't remember a week where she hasn't really gotten her job done. I remember yeah. last year she missed, I think, the first half of the season with an injury. And then once she got back into that, the defence in the second half of the year, we just seen much more whole and complete. Um, kind of feels a bit of that gap there, bit of an older head now. Yeah, I really like how she plays. I mean, sort of looking at her stats, I guess the one thing you could say that she could perform on, uh, could improve on is her tackling pressure. It seems a bit mm. low for a defender. But I guess that's not really her game in terms of something that, you know, if you have to pick on something, that would probably yeah. be one thing. So that's, yes. On to number seven, Brooke Walker. I'm not sure how many seasons. She's played three seasons now. And she's yeah, she's um, developing right in front of us. Yeah, she's she's great, Brooke. I think she played rugby. I don't know if it was for Australia. I don't think it was for Australia, but she played at a high level as well. Last year, she missed most of the season, only played a handful of games, but 
she's really quick um, on the wing in the forward line. She's got tricks. Um, I think when she also joined along with Gab, it provided just another aspect to our game. Now we've got that run and carry. We've got the spark in the forward line, which is great. Um, um, also got here. She could be like a bit of a Taylor Harris sort of switch because she's pretty tall as well. Okay. Yeah, and she is one seventy one, which is around that sort of. Tall is, I don't know what tall really is. I think no, tall is. is anything above one seventy five. I'd consider a pretty tall yeah. player. The no. women's league in general. I think anything above one eighty, you are rough and material. <laughs> so yeah. No, I, I, she's she played sixteen games, which. Feels like less, if I'm being honest. I, I feel like she's played less, but she's 13 goals, so she's at least nearly averaging one goal a game. Yeah, it's pretty good. So I, I think many players with that. Well, she's just another option where I think at least being uh, semi-tall that you can at least, if you don't want to use your small forwards, she she's that one that if the small forwards play it right, you create gaps in the middle and sort of yeah, run yeah. those patterns. She's that sort of one that will pop out and give you an option, but she's also very nifty in terms of open play, being able to manoeuvre herself around and get around players, break a few ankles. It, yeah. So, yeah, it's good. It's Ooh, yeah, it would be interesting. Me. Yeah. Uh, number eight. Mm, uh, let me get the right name right. V- Vamua Laloifi. She's one of my favourite defenders by far. Yeah. She's. How she's great is she? I, yeah, the best one for me. In terms of her running carry, she's very dependable. The, the only thing I like the only thing I wouldn't say, she just gets the problem with being such a good running carry player is that you lose your opponent if the if the ball does turn over. And that was yeah. some of her issues last year. She'd lose her opponent and be caught out. But as long as you're making those you, you she's consistent, which I really like. She will always Play that really strong attacking role, and she's also very gritty around the ball. She will lay a tackle. So uh, I'm not sure if she's meant to be playing round one. I think she's playing round one, or is, or isn't. I don't know. She injured. There was a little bit of talk around her whether right. she plays or not. So it was an injury, but I don't know. Yeah, so I'm if she's fully fit, maybe she's she's definitely playing. I think she's. One of our two key defenders takes up one of the best forwards every week, but like you said, she she does love to rebound and attack, which can let you get caught out. It's the parallels to Liam Jones and Jacob Whedon yeah. with her and Charlotte Wilson is crazy in that sense. Yeah. But um, yeah, I remember it was 2020. I went to an open training, and this was when she had first gotten to the club. And she was just for the entire training session, she was just doing 15 meter kicks just with a player with all a crotch or something. I'm sitting here like, are you getting taught how to kick? And you just got brought into the club. And, and then I remember she played round one and she was great. And she's taking these intercept marks, hitting like 45s and everything. So yeah, it might have just been with injury really hard, but yeah, she was she's really great to watch. Yeah, she's one of those that will always, like I said, will always perform and always give you something that, yeah, at least as a midfielder, you have confidence that you'll have an option that someone will be kicking to you or find, find you to kick to. So it's a very, it's a very good option in, ter- in terms of 
Another one that plays a similar role, number nine, Karen Harrington, one of our leaders of the club, plays yet again like a similar role to Lalawifi. They're able to sweep off the half back line and provide those lead up kicks to our midfielders. She also can play a bit midfield and around those centre stoppages. I like her ability to move a lot. She's able to find space. We're not many can I think that's one of her positives what do you expect from her going into the season yeah Kezi is my favorite player um she's made it to solo captain now um I think she's gonna take that role really she's gonna do really well with it like you said she's always in the right spot at the right time and you can count her to get a job done in that sense she's really good at finding a target and just getting us out of trouble she reminds me a lot, which I guess just comes with the position and role that she plays, but she really does remind me a lot of um, Doc on the med side. Yeah. Just that, that last defender that can push into the midfield sort of thing. So, yeah, I think she's going to do really well. I mean, statistically, she's it's very similar to La Loifi. There's not a lot of differences in um, the way they play. Even yeah, her, her, spoil, her spoils are high. I mean, to a game which... I mean, there's not many opportunities you can get for spoils. So two like two sounds low, but it is pretty good for especially a shorter game as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think her role is pretty self-explanatory. Her, yeah, she's just I able to lock down and move forward. I think she's got a bit more freedom freedom than um, like, I can't say so Leilaifi. Um, yeah. in that sense, I don't think she's as much of a shut down player, but she's good at balancing the. The attack and man up in the play, which is always good. Yeah. On to number 10, Mimi Hill. Obviously, she did, I think it was an ACL. It was an ACL or a PCL. Yeah. It was an, yeah, an ACL against North Melbourne. Was it North Melbourne or was this another game? I think it was. So. I remember there's something about her North Melbourne. I think she kicked a couple goals against them oh, or she so, got injured yeah. in that game. I can't remember. Something, yeah. Either way, it was last season. Yeah. It was last season she got injured. So, with, yeah, I think she's back. I think she's coming back for round one. We'd hope anyway. Well, if not, she'll yeah. definitely be there for half the season because it has been a year since it happened. And I think you only need ACLs around nine or ten months. So, yeah, 10 to 12, nine. I think. Uh, yeah. No, go on, go on. Oh, yeah, she, she was great last year prior to her injury. She got drafted last year, I think. So she hit it off right from the start with the team and did really well. I think she earned herself a rising star nomination. And I think she was a favourite to win it for a period of time there until she injured herself. But um, I saw just the other day she's won the yo-yo test in the preseason. So she's definitely back in that sense. And yeah. lets you see how hard she's worked to get back and to get her fitness back and also the team she's got. So she's a really skillful young player. I mean, I, I liked her involvement in terms of transition. She would always be an option that you could give it off to and she would kick or she would always make space for you to move forward. But I think she could play to, to like one of two positions uh, obviously she sort of plays on the outside a little bit but I think there's better options for that I think with someone like her who has a lot of skill you can put her right in the middle or you put her in the forward yeah. line 
I think needed to get around the packs, things like that. Yeah, I think in terms of playing her on the outside, I think that's only worth it in terms of your offensive transition or else keep her where the ball is. Like you want your best skilled players on the ball. And especially the younger girls, obviously, I mean, this isn't, you know, I'm assuming they're probably going to be the fittest out of the group, these younger girls. They should yeah, be. Yeah, I, I think the same. Yeah, they should be, like, in theory, the fittest, the fittest girls in that team, just based off age, and you'd have to assume they are. So those are probably the best ones you want on the ball. Number 11, uh, we're not going to talk Annie Lee. She's a new draftee. We're going to move past Annie Lee only because we don't know enough to really give yeah. enough of a chat about. But she, just a quick overview, she's a medium defender. She did play in the under-19 Australian and, as you said, John Falcons. So she's... She's obviously made a good name for herself, and she, I mean, obviously, to get drafted, you have to stand out. But we don't know enough to really give a proper overview about her. So we're going to move on to number twelve, Lauren Brizale. Um, somehow I don't remember a lot about her yet. She's played a yeah. while, uh, played quite a bit. I feel like she's one nice. that obviously goes under the radar, but she's been there for a long time now. Yeah, Braz is, um, I think she's been, she's one of the five players that have been here since the very yeah. start. I think she's played most of the games. Bit of a wing player, can play in the midfield a bit more. She's one of our more experienced players now, so I think that's another sort of aspect she has to add into a game, considering how young we are. Maybe start guiding these young wingers, like Mimi, if she was to play on the wing, Brooke even. So she's real quick. Um, can run and carry, she adds that aspect to our team. Um, I think just a problem, I think for her, is just to become more consistent. Because there's weeks when she just drops off massively and then she's back. It's once she hits that consistent um, performance, I think it'll go a long way in helping the whole team. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I can't add much. For some reason, she's one that obviously goes under the radar for me. I don't really yeah, notice does. her a lot. So I don't have a lot to say about her. Uh, the one thing, I mean, I, I think I do remember she's probably not one of the quickest girls in that team. So I think that's probably one of the things that you'd, I'd want her to improve on just in terms of in transition, building up, in terms of your running yeah, good, good offensively. Yeah. Like you said, yeah, just that, the same intent defensively. Yeah. Can't improve. On to number 13, Lucy McAvoy. Pretty big figure at the club. She obviously is a very skillful player and she's very goes hard to the ball, which is a very big trait. So I mean I like her game. I think she's very important in terms of your transition, but defensive transition. She'll someone who will stop that from happening. And like I yeah. said, in terms of locking in your you know, locking in the opposition in your forward line, she's one that will just absolutely run at them and push them and give them a challenge. But I do like her ball, especially with her hand. She's very crafty, the way she can move around and manoeuvre herself. That's the way I see her. What about you? Yeah, I think much the same. She's a very crafty player, like you said, and she's tough as, um, like, in the contest, she's great in traffic, she's quick. Um, and she's also good defensively, like you said, Pretty sure you're saying that. Um, 
But yeah, I really, I really enjoyed watching her play. I think last year she did slip under the radar a little bit. Um, I think this is her third year now, third or fourth. So I'm really excited to see what she can bring. And I think she can become our Katie Loins. Loinsy was a really physical, aggressive player who's we don't have her anymore. So I think this is a perfect chance for Lucy to maybe bring some of that into her game and become that player. Yeah, and definitely. Uh, number 15, Jess Good. I don't think she's played a senior game for us. I think we just bought her in. Don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to move past Jess Good. We don't have enough to speak about. Number 16, Brianne Moody. I'll let you go first. You talk about Brianne. Yeah. Obviously, our main ruck option, along with Serena Gibbs, but, you know, what do you expect from her? Yeah, um, I can't say her surname, Brianne. Brianne. She was All-Australian, last year All-Australian ruck. Yeah. So, she's a key part of our game. She's not only good at the tab house, but she's good at using her body, crashing packs. Um, yeah. She's got a massive kick as well. She's good for clearances, trouble in defence. Um. I think there's a bit more of responsibility on her this year, considering how many rucks we've lost in terms of height. And I also think there's a chance for her to maybe start moving to the forward line in patches um, as a taller option there, make us a bit less predictable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as well, in terms of losing Taylor, if you want someone that can go into the forward line and be like, Full forward, just stick in the in the, in the um in the square. She's that type of player who can make an impact. Like especially like you said with her long kick, that is someone you'd want in your forward line to kick to, especially right yeah, at the end. Because with Serena Gibbs as well, I'm pretty sure she's the other ruckman. Um, I think she I think so. played a few games last year. She's done ruck and forward, but. I don't know if she, I think she took leave from the club. I don't know if that's still happening. So if we've even got her as an option this year. Well, but I mean, yeah, if we do. Other than that, there's not many options. Well, if there isn't another option, obviously, I don't think that can work. But yeah, with another option, that can become quite a, an advantage for us. I mean, 16 minutes a game, that's big. So I guess you do need her around the stoppages later in the game, but also I yeah. can see her. If you're if you're in a position where you can, you can put her up forward and. Yeah, at the same time she's doing so well in the ruck. Why sort of change yeah. that? But if she's yeah. capable and it works with the team, that's just another option that we've got. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, number seventeen, Charlotte Hammonds. She's only played three games for the club. She only debuted last year. I don't remember a lot from her, to be quite honest. I don't know if you do either. Not too much. I think she's a, a midfielder, outside mid, but other than yeah. that, can't remember whole heap. I think we're going to skip past her only because, yeah, she hasn't played a lot of games. I'm not even sure if she's really part, if she is one of those starting 16 players. I think she'll be looking to break into the side this year. Yeah, I think that would be a goal. But obviously three games is not a lot to take out of three games. Number 18, Maddie Guerin. She's played quite a few games for the club, 12 now, so she's obviously getting her head around the AFLW scene. I think that's mm -hmm. a season and a bit. So midfielder forward, I, I, I like the way she conveyed herself within the forward line. She was always able to start at that half forward line, but also move around and 
moving to the midfield a bit. I do remember her being a bit of a midfielder at times, moving the yeah. ball forward. What's you know, what's your perspective of her? I think uh, last year she was recovering from an ACL, so it was her first season after injury um, at a new team as well. And she did. I was really happy with her as a recruit last year, the way she played. Um, I think she spent a bit of time, like I said, up forward, but also off the half back, I remember. So she's got a great kick, um, always helps get us out of trouble. And I think she can continue building this year. And I think, yeah, very similar to like that cap pound sort of role. Yeah. Number 19, Georgia G. I completely forgot about Georgia. I, <laughs> but no, she's, she, like Darcy and Nick Stevens, they are very, very crafty players. And I think in terms of your forward line, those are your main three you're looking to find each time, especially if you are yeah. going to find an option to kick forward to. They all, they, they all provide really crafty options that will go in and out, in and out until they find open space, really. And, 160 again, small. Can she can do a lot with her height, obviously. Yeah. Even like so, I remember playing against smaller people, smaller opponents. It is much harder because they are able to move around you much easier. Yeah, I like yeah. the way Georgia plays. They're hard to shut down because you can't you can't really tackle them because they're too quick. Yeah. She's she's got pace, she's got tricks. Um, and I think last year she had a decent year, but I think she can build off that even more. In this yep. season, um, she's got a few new small forwards to work with in Poppy and um, what was the other one, Keely. I think she's a small forward that we brought in as well. So it'd be good for her to work with Darcy and, and Nick. There was something else about Georgia that I had in my mind, but I can't remember at this stage. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, from Georgia, it's just the same as probably Darcy and Nick. I think he. I'm sure their game plan has very all of their game plans have yeah, very, very similar, similar structures where she's, they're yeah, going to get told to move. Yeah, no, I mean she always popped out. We didn't expect her. And I think that unpredictability about a player can really shake up oppositions like their setups yeah. and really their structure. You know they'll they'll get lost. They will put players out to mark her, and you take you know usually they'll put two, two on her and it just gives gaps for others and I mean I guess that's in terms of creating like a club like what's the word you sort of that togetherness in a team where you sort of know how each other plays really well and you're able to yeah, adapt. That, that synergy. Yeah, yeah that's I think she, she's one of those players that can really create that I think. Yeah she, she's definitely one of those players she's been the side a few years now so she's got her spot in the side um I think the rest of the teammates would know what a role is. So, yeah. On the loose ball, um, she spent some time on the wing, but she's pretty small, but she doesn't let that really affect her, to be honest, from what it looks like. She lays tackles, and gets in the thick of it. Um, yeah, similar to like the Zach Fisher, Petty Betts sort of. Yeah. Player. Yeah. On to number 20, Charlotte Wilson. 179 centimetres, so there you go. There's one of your tall ones. There's many tall ones. I really liked the way she played. She was really good, in my opinion. I think, like in terms of the younger generation, she knew how to play her role really well every week. And she always was very aware of everything, which for a key defender, you really need. Yeah. 
And I think for someone that you want to lock down a tall forward, she's your go-to. And she's also fast enough where she will break off them and do her own thing at the same time, which I really liked. Yeah, she's another really reliable player. Gets her role done. I think she's only been in the system just a couple of years. I think she was drafted to Georgia G. So she's been here a few years now. And like I said, I, I really enjoyed watching her last year. She does remind me a lot of Jacob Reed. It's actually scary, like, yeah. the awareness they've got. And if she's in a one-on-one, I'm not worried about what's going to happen. I genuinely can't remember seeing her lose one. And, yeah, I think just another year for her to build and continue being a key lockdown defender. Yeah, no, definitely is not too much more for her. Uh, number 21, Nick, Nick Stevens, Nicole Stevens. Uh, you know, she can play anywhere. I think she's very, very versatile in terms of where she goes around the field. I think she's, I am, is she one of our foundation players? I'm not too sure. I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah. This is round, debut round one, 20, 2017 was season one, wasn't it? I think it was. So she's, yeah, she's been there since yeah, the so start. So we've watched her develop sort of in front of us. Yeah, like another one where you don't really have much to say about her. She plays a role, and it's what the it's what the coaching staff plan to do with her. That I think yeah, she'll do what you tell her. Yeah. So yeah, I she's think one of those She does remind me a lot of um Darcy Vesio. They've got similar deck game styles. She's a bit of a a bigger presence in like terms of her size. She's really tough and. Yeah, I remember there's um, moments in games in the last season where she just steps up where you need someone to, and it's always good to have yeah. those players in your team. Uh, number 22, Courtney Jones. Uh, no debut yet, so we're just going to move over. Just in case, if we, we get a player we don't know hasn't debuted, we're just going to move past them. We're sort of getting towards the numbers now that haven't played a lot of games, so these ones should be a bit shorter. Uh, number 23, Daisy Walker. Debuted last year. It sort of... Defensive type player, but she seemed to just start there. But I think they, well, the club would at least plan to do a little bit more with her. Yeah, I think I think she's capable of it. She had a solid few games last year, um, and definitely is a player we can take with us into the future. Really yeah. clean, um, and the accountability she had put on her as a young player, she'll just get better as a defender. Yeah, well, I mean, even her tackles to a game, I mean, that for for someone that only played six games, that's that's a pretty strong start. Usually, I mean, I am even have been sort of looking through stats as we've been going along and tackles have been pretty low, I have to say. I think, mm. you know, for, I mean, that, that hasn't been very higher than 1.2, 1.3 average a game. So Really? Clearly, yeah. So clearly she values that physical side of the game, which is pretty good moving forward but yeah i mean not not too much with daisy obviously she just started off so it's it's just for i mean expectations really just to develop her game so at least by the end of the season by two seasons she knows what she wants to do well at least she has a very good idea of what her role is eat week in week out so yeah not not too much more with the young some of our defenders in the gab pound can in a few, how many more years are they going to be playing when you think about it? So in yeah. a few years' time, you'll be able to get daisies to sort of take over that role. So she can learn off them. That will be great for the team. Yeah, 
24 Brooke Vickers obviously came in through the draft, so we're going to move on with her. Keely Shera, I think it's Shera again. Draft, we're going to move on. Paige Trudgeon still hasn't debuted yet. Yet again, we're going to move on. I think at this point, there aren't many that have played games. I think there's just the two left. Imogen Milford, 28, no games either. Brooke Vernon, still no games yet. Uh, Natalie Plain, number 32, she has played quite a few games for the club, 21 to be exact. Nats, uh, yeah, she's interesting. I think she's been a little inconsistent in the past in terms of standing up when you need her to be there. But in yeah, terms I mean, of like, she's someone that is very confident with the ball and she's a, she's an, a, well, I mean, in terms of soccer, she's the assist player. Like, like I think she'll, <laughs> She focuses on giving the ball off and creating plays rather than making them, uh, rather than being the one involved doing the final action sort of thing. So, I mean, yeah, there's not too much with her. I think she plays her role, but I think ultimately she probably needs a bit more involvement. We yeah, can work I, out. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think the way you put it there, she, she makes the plays rather than being the person in them is a really good way of putting it. Um, she's really energetic and aggressive player, so brings a bit of spark, especially when the team last year tended to slow off towards the end of quarters or not start quick enough. And she was, for me, she was always one you could count on to be there from the get-go. Um, it's just a matter of doing that over a number of weeks. Uh, then on to number 33, Serena Gibbs. So yeah, she wears a ruck option. She's 187 centimetres. Which, yeah, that is tall. That is very tall. Um, she only played three games. She she debuted round five. So did the season finish early last year? No, it didn't. It did get played the whole way. I don't remember. The year before. That was the year before. Um, I remember she kicked yeah. a few goals on debut. She was not yeah. bad. Definitely she something to play you can take forward. Yeah, um, I mean... See, I, I'm not sure what she's if she's playing. If she's not, it's very hard to say. I think say. she might be on on leave from the club, so haven't seen too much of her in the preseason sort of. Yeah. Media. I mean, if she isn't, that is very interesting because I don't know who's their backup option. Yeah, I was. Um, I remember reading like an article, or something like, "Oh, how will the Blues feel the rock option and the tall forwards socks?" And they had. Serena Down is one of those options. And then just a few weeks later, she announced she's taking some leave from the club. So it yeah. doesn't seem like there's a lot of tall players, but I think some of those more mature recruits that we've brought in, like Jess Wood and I think Imogen, I think she's tall as well. I think they could fill that role um, if Serena's not playing. No, definitely. I mean, that's, yeah, just an interesting sort of thing looking forward whether. She's playing or not. It's I just very interested to see whether that I think we're in a lot of trouble if she's not. Yeah, she's not. Yeah. Uh, and then finally on to our last player, Elise O'Day. She came from the D's, I'm pretty sure, last season. So she played her first season last year. Yep. Yes. Oh, it's so confusing. Yeah, last year now. I don't even because I think, I think she was played it last year. 
the seasons yeah. crossed over like this. Yeah, it's just so confusing. Can't remember. But yeah, she yet came again, she, from the deep. Yeah, she's yet again one of the most, more experienced players. Thirty-seven games. That's pretty big. Um. I liked her role in the team. She was very physical and she could, yeah, she yeah. pushed through a lot of players. I think she's got an ability to read the play very well, especially obviously being a foundation player in terms of being there from the start. She knows the women's game very well in terms of what to expect from a lot of teams. And yeah, she plays very well. I like, she got a long kick as well, which is very important. Yeah. Someone that will help you transition really quickly. Like you said, she knows your game. Um, I think she was probably one of. She's been in demons for a while. Um, she knows the game, how where to be, or she's got better tricks as well. Um, she's also been. She's our vice captain for this year. I think vice co-captain. So yeah. that kind of shows um, she's earned the respect of the group, having only been here just for a year. Um, yeah, I remember hearing like an interview she did she kind of fell out of love with the game of the demons she came over to carlton and that kind of reignited that that passion of her so it's good that that we've been able to take one of the best midfielders like mature midfielders and kind of re-kickstart their passion for the game and have that at our club no yeah definitely it's not yeah she's someone who really makes a difference in a game that is close as well she'll always I mean, she'll be a leader to those younger girls as well, but I think someone that it was a very good pickup, I think, at the time. I think it was a very smart idea yeah. going into, you know, but obviously didn't work out team wise. But I think this year she'll have much more of an impact, even though she had quite a big impact last year. Yeah, I agree. And I think she can really help out um, Manifest Farkas, both a physical player and they've got a good footy brain, both of them. So I think she'll be a really good mentor for players like her. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, that's it. That's that's our list preview in terms of each player individually. I mean, we we speak now and we you know we say all these good things and these are individually. I guess we really don't know enough as uh, know enough about the team, the actual team, the way they're playing. So it's you know it's hard to really say and really predict where they'll finish. And now you know that's right. Um, this last sort of segment, the expectations and is finals really a question they should be, you know, is it something they talk about? I think, I think it is. Yeah, I don't think grand, I don't think premier, I don't think premiership is really on the table right of now, but I think, I think there's still, like we said before, there's still too much of a gap between the foundation teams and the expansion teams where we're still one of the better teams. Yeah, so we've, we've got that advantage over teams like St Kilda, Gold Coast, GWS, and there's a fair few teams that have just joined in the last yeah. couple of years. And despite having lost a lot of our key players and bringing in a lot of youth, we've still got that core group so that's an yeah. advantage for us but it's hard to say really what you expect from this club at all this yeah. year um remember listening to Kez talk and she said that there's a lot the media was kind of pushing it on them to get back because we premiership favorites last year didn't make finals um there was a bit of expectation to maybe 
come back this year and get that again. But girls were saying it's a bit of a different look this year. It's more just um, take it as we go, as I would imagine, because yeah, I guess once we see a few games, then you'll start to see where we're at. But it's also hard because it's such a new team. You don't know the round one games really, how they want to be playing or things like that. So I think after a few rounds, we'll definitely be able to see what we're trying to achieve this year. But I think finally you should always aspire towards it. Um, Premiership, like I said, probably not on the not, on, not an option hopefully this year, but you never know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think just consistent improvement week to week would be yeah. probably the yeah. goal at this stage. Well, I mean, I agree with you. I think by the end they need to at least have an idea, like have a set idea of how they play their games each week. I think you can take the time at least this year to figure it out, but by the end you need to at least have it set so you come into pre-season and you say, okay, we know what we're doing, let's solidify it yeah. properly. Yeah. But, um, it, could, it could just take us an extra season. This could be that season where we're building and then 2023 is a year where we're really pushing because it doesn't take long for, despite the short season, doesn't take long for these young players to start developing in an already young league. Well, uh, the thing is that the the girls don't really stop ever because they play the AFL and then they go straight to VFL, which is during the winter. So they don't really actually stop, which is, I think, a good thing. I mean, they're, they're constantly having the opportunity, which can be a negative in terms of not enough time off, et cetera, to like really stop but i think in terms of improving your game they've actually got the best opportunity playing yeah. footy the whole year they do have, i think the vfl runs a bit later than the afl throughout the yeah. week, like you said and a lot of players do start playing in those leagues um which is good especially for the development of younger players but yeah the players are only contracted for six months of the year so yeah. but the, the other six they're still training just not with the club, they're still working on their fitness. So it's hard in that sense. But, yeah, just looking for a consistent year. Well, I mean, that leads us final prediction. Ladder position, I don't like not wins, losses, just ladder position. And if it's a top six position, first, second or third week of finals, assuming first is elimination, second is prelim and third is grand final. Yeah. Terrible with big calls, but I think um, anywhere from 10th to 6th is where I think we'll land. I obviously want us to land in that 6th position to have a shot at finals, but it's such a short season that if we let that first first half of the season, our fixture's pretty tough. If we let that run over us, it could, it could end up even lower. Yeah, so no, I, I agree. I think... For me, I don't think finals this year, if I have to be yeah. completely honest, I think only if they win the first two games, I will completely change that prediction. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I don't think their, their fixture is friendly enough where, with at least the team they have, and I know you have to win or beat the good teams, to, but I don't, I think that this system will be a bit too new to make that sort of, impact so yeah i think seventh or eighth at the end of the day it's but, good considering yeah. the new team playing the premiers in round two 
and then yeah. do Arch Rival in round one. Yeah. So it will be good to see what happens. We could be completely wrong. Yeah. Which will be interesting. Never know. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining me, Helena. Obviously, round one kicks off on Sunday, uh, 4.10 at Princess Park. Obviously, tickets are available. If you search around Ticketmaster, Colton and all that, you'll find tickets. I'm hoping Helena will hopefully join me at the end of the season where we review it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but for me, I will be doing a weekly review of each game on, my, on the podcast. So look out for those when they happen. But... Apart from that, wishing the best for the girls going into the season and go Blues. Thank you. Go Blues.